Welcome in everyone to another Bass Pro Tournament of Champions preview episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Tournament of Champions fan, Kyle DeVries. You a fan of this tournament, Kyle? Absolutely, man. Uh, so many good memories uh, going back many years of watching the Tournament of Champions as somebody that's lived in Springfield my whole life, obviously. Uh, there's been a lot of good tournaments throughout the years. Yeah. Um, hopefully, if you're listening to this right now, uh, you have time to get a little bit more familiar with the teams that are going to be playing in the tournament. And we're going to go through some of the players to keep note of. And um, as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have all of our all of my previous year's Tournament of Champions programs laid out on the table here. It goes all the way back to 2015. I haven't been there since uh, like 1985 or whenever it first started. I was not born yet. But between the two of us, we've been to almost every Tournament of Champions for the last, um, how long? Fif- 15 10, years? 15 years yeah. probably. Yeah, I would say it's probably pretty close. Pretty crazy. Um, if you're not familiar with our show, uh, we normally just cover Mizzou football and basketball. But uh, because the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions is right here in our backyard in Springfield, and there's, you know, top tier basketball recruits who are sometimes being recruited by Mizzou or other SEC teams, we like to dive in and really analyze the games and um, try to figure out what some of these guys are going to look like as college prospects and beyond. And like you mentioned, um, yeah, the the uh, the memories going back to the future pros that have played in this game that we've watched. Uh, we were just reminiscing over a few of them uh, from just recent years. Um, Producer Cameron and I watched. I don't I don't remember if you were there for that game or not, but we watched Bruce Thornton, who's currently the point guard for the Ohio State Buckeyes, make a buzzer beater half court shot. Did that put him, that sent him to overtime, I feel like, maybe? I can't remember. I can't remember. But over the years, we've watched multiple game winners, buzzer beaters. Um, yeah. It's it, pretty amazing, too, like, the firepower that they get to this tournament every year. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're going to watch the number one team in the country in Paul Six, and, you know, they're kind of a regular. They've been to the Tournament of Champions many, many times, so... It's truly amazing, like the national pull that the Bass Pro Tournament Champions has, and just year in and year out, there's always some headlining teams, um, and then just such a unique uh, structure that you get to watch Glendale or Kickapoo or you know whoever some of these local teams go up some, against uh, you know these future NBA players, some of the best high school teams in the country. It's just it's really really cool, and it's a very unique event. Yeah. Um... Producer Cameron brought up James Wiseman, who is one of the most dominant players we've watched in the tournament in the last five years or so. He was like 20.20 rebound guy every night of the tournament. Aminu Muhammad, who was from, uh, played at Springfield, um, what's it called? Uh, Greenwood? Yes. Uh, Greenwood High School in Springfield. He was another 20 and 20 guy. Yeah. Uh, was breaking records for single tournament rebounds and stuff like that. Um, 
Yeah, we've always got the record book out, like tracking guys yes. and seeing how close they are to making their mark on the record book. Yes, exactly. But um, and as a uh, Kekapu alum, I, every year I got to give a shout out to that '05 team that yes. actually won the championship of the Tournament of Champions. So yes. as the local team, that's pretty impressive. One thing that's been interesting to follow over the course of the tournament is some of these basketball academies. What made me think of this is like the time of Kickapoo, a school like Kickapoo winning the tournament of champions, even a school like we'll talk about later, Vashon from St. Louis, who's been in the tournament multiple times, but it feels like this is no longer the tournament of the traditional high school varsity team winning. It has turned into, and not just recently, but uh, you know, your Oak Hill Academy, your Link Academy now in Branson, who's not there this year, but um, it feels more like with the consolidation of t- high school talent at some of these elite prep schools, uh, those are the teams when they are invited that usually take home the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can usually uh, pinpoint who's going to win the tournament or come pretty close to it, but that definitely doesn't change like how exciting it is to see like four or five you know future D one players all playing on the same team and stuff like that. It's just, it's really incredible. Uh, so let's jump in here um, and talk about some of these teams. We'll just go in alphabetical order, uh, starting with Central High School here in Springfield, one of the two local teams competing. Um, they are currently ranked the number two team in the state of Missouri, according to Max Preps. They do not have necessarily the star power of some of these out-of-state schools, but um, as far as local talent, Keon Epps was the blue and gold MVP. Uh, his central team took home the gold division championship in that local Springfield tournament uh, recently this year. Um, and he's one of the best players in the area. And uh, he's a guy that could propel Central, who most likely will lose their first round matchup, uh, maybe get an upset on the consolation side of the bracket. It feels like in recent years, the two Springfield schools or local schools are just trying to avoid meeting each other in that seventh place game. Yeah. We want to get one of these teams a win before that seventh place game. Mm-hmm. It feels like Central with Keon Epps uh, could make that happen this year. Yeah. And I mean, shout out to Central. I mean, they, you know, they've struggled in, in years past, but they are legitimately a really good team this year. And uh, also shout out to their coach, Jordan Epps. You know, we, we actually briefly went to high school together and then he uh, was a really good player at Nixa and then won a, a national championship with Central Missouri, I believe, when he was in college. So uh, definitely a great basketball uh, background with that family and um, they're doing great things at, at Central for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned them not being that good in recent years. So this is uh, their fifth appearance in the Tournament of Champions, but only their first since 2009. So they haven't been a Tournament of Champions caliber team until very, very recently. Mm-hmm. They've definitely earned it, though, and, and Max Preps has them currently ranked as the number, the number two overall team in Missouri. So yeah. they're legitimately very good and, and could win a game for sure. Okay, moving on, we have our first out-of-state team, and that is Edmond North High School in Edmond, Oklahoma. Now, as a podcast that covers Mizzou sports, we were excited about this because they previously had a Mizzou signee in the in their upcoming signing class, T.O. Barrett, but he has since transferred to Link Academy in Branson, so he will not actually be on this team. 
even though he is from, uh, he did attend Edmund North previously, uh, but they are now led by three-star senior, number three player in the state of Oklahoma, Dylan Warlick, and um, he's committed to play college ball at Wyoming. Um, this is a team that historically has been dominant in the state of Oklahoma recently. This, However, it feels like we might be a little bit behind their dominance. And that does happen sometimes in the tournament of champions. You have like powerhouse teams, but they're graduating seniors every year. Right. And so the timing isn't always perfect where you're catching these programs at their peak. Yeah. I feel like that might be the situation here. It's very possible. They are nine and zero this season. Um, but they were the state champions in six A of Oklahoma in twenty two and twenty three. So and you mentioned T.O. Barrett obviously was a big part of those teams and they went twenty six and two last year. So um as you as you said very dominant in recent history but it'll be interesting to see how they do with better competition this year a lot of upperclassmen um but yeah it's a program that seems to be able to reload and keep it going and they've got a culture of winning but we'll see how that goes but they got a pretty good uh first round matchup potentially so they might look good for for yeah, a that's uh, true. thursday night win that's true uh next up we have the other local school that's glendale high school here in springfield um, they are a tournament of champions mainstay. Uh, they've been in the tournament 12 times and, uh, but this is kind of an interesting team because they're actually led by a sophomore in Amari Whittem. Um, he already has an offer from Missouri state. So there's always a handful of guys that whether they're on local teams or not, uh, that Missouri state, the host school of the tournament uh, is interested in recruiting and sometimes it's the best player on one of these local teams, but sometimes they're in after, you know, three star guys that maybe are overlooked on some of these powerhouse teams. They can kind of swoop in and be like, Hey, you like playing here at, uh, what's it called now? Great Southern bank arena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That still doesn't seem real. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Amari Whittem, great player, uh, already at such a young age, she's a scoring machine and um, could end up being one of the best players in Southwest Missouri um, that we've seen in a long time by the time he's a senior. So I definitely want to keep an eye on him if you're kind of a, a local basketball fan in which you probably already know about him. But uh, yeah, Glendale should uh, should be kind of a, t- a fun team to watch. Again, they'll be like Central, trying to avoid getting their only win. They're going to try to avoid ending up in that seventh place game. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got another out-of-state school, and this time it is McEachern High School from Powder Springs, Georgia. Uh, they are an elite prep school out of Georgia, uh, making their third appearance in the Tournament of Champions. They won the whole thing in 2019, and this year they are led by the number two senior in the country, Ace Bailey, a six-eight forward who is committed to play college ball at Rutgers. Um, they've also got number 50 player in the class of 2025, another six, nine forward JD Palm and, uh, one other nationally ranked senior, uh, guard Jay Nash, who actually holds a scholarship offer from Mizzou. So definitely a guy we'll be taking a, a look at specifically, but McEachern with a dominant, two forwards one of which is a five-star player yeah one of the very best in the country it feels like we don't always get a premier like top five in the country player who's like an athletic big man yeah uh 
and a, a four, a six, eight forward who can run the floor, shoot it a little bit, is super athletic. I'm excited to watch him play for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very, very well balanced team. And like you, like you mentioned, a lot of the, a lot of the talent is with the forwards. So it's pro- probably going to see a lot of dunks, a lot of block shots. It's going to be hard for anybody they're playing to get shots off with uh, some talented big men. Next up, we have Paul the sixth, and they are making their sixth appearance in the tournament champions. They have a very good track record. They won the tournament in 2013 and two years ago in 2022. Um, they are ranked the number one team in the country, according to Max Preps. Um, last year, they actually lost to eventual national champion Link Academy. We're saying them a lot, mentioning them a lot for not even being in the tournament. Exactly. But, uh, that's how quickly Link has established themselves as one of the best programs in the country, if not the best. Yeah, it's honestly amazing. But that doesn't take anything away from Paul the Six. They have a, they are led by a duo who are both committed to play college at play college ball at Duke. If you've heard of that program, um, number forty-three player in the country, six-six forward Darren Harris. Um, also, I should mention all these guys I'm about to mention here are seniors. So, a veteran, uh, deep team here in Paul the Six. Darren Harris, six six forward, and Patrick. Uh, I'm gonna struggle with this name. You want to help me out here? Nagangba. That's it, Patrick Ngangba, six uh, eleven forward, number nineteen player in the country. Both of those guys committed to play for Duke. They've got another six seven forward, Isaiah Abraham, committed to UConn, and a six ten forward, number eighty two player in the country, Garrett Sundra committed to play for Notre Dame. Yeah, Paul Six is absolutely stacked, and most of the talent on their team is 6'6 or taller. Yeah. So we were talking about, um, you know, McEachern being a a tough draw and getting a shot off against those guys is going to be tough. I think this is going to be insane. Like, they might be able to put on a pretty crazy defensive uh, performance, just blocking shots everywhere. Because I feel like that tends to happen sometimes when, you know, you've got these legitimately, like, D1-sized players um, playing against you know normal sized high school yes. players that you just end up seeing a you know a, a lot of good defense a lot of block shots so we could definitely see that um they play glendale in their first matchup on thursday night so uh that could be kind of a tough game for glendale but yeah. again though this is an opportunity to play against the best team in the country some future nba players potentially and um since we've been able to be credentialed media uh, representing the Missouri Sports Podcast, going to these tournaments recently, we've gotten to sit in on the um, press conferences that the coach and star players have after each game. And there's one thing that's a trend is the local school playing their first round game against. They're they're not seeded, but you can kind of figure out who the top two seeds are according to whoever's putting the bracket together. When those local teams are asked about playing against, you know. Uh, starting five that are all high major d1 commits they love it yeah like they do not they are not scared of that matchup they do not back down from that challenge and i feel like if you want to play if you're a local team that is going to play in this tournament that's the mindset you have to have you can't be overwhelmed by the stage or your opponent yeah it would be really interesting you know i paul six may have a chance to just kind of run through this tournament this year i think they could 
have a pretty difficult matchup on Friday night um, against McEachern. We'll have to see. I mean, McEachern's got a tough game in, in the opening round. So, but you know, we have the possibility of a pretty uh, star-studded matchup on uh, on Friday night um, in the semis. But um, I would love to see this Paul Six team play against uh, Link Academy again this year, which it, it definitely could happen at some point later in the year, not in this tournament. Right. Right. Um, yeah, you, you do sort of notice that there's no link, there's no Oak Hill opposite Paul Six in the uh, in the bracket here. So moving on, we have Rainier Beach High School from Seattle, Washington. Um, they are making their third appearance in the tournament. Now, this is a program. I I don't want to belittle them in any way. Like they've they are a solid program in the state of Washington, but they are not bringing the firepower this year that we expect from some of these out-of-state schools. Um, their best player, Caden Powers, 6'5", junior, um, has offers from Montana, San Francisco, Idaho. This could be an opportunity for some of these guys that don't really have much of a recruiting profile going on to kind of get on the radar of some scouts and this is the type of team that I feel like Missouri State specifically, their staff should be watching. And if one of these guys pops off and looks like they're competing against some of these D1 commits, this is, this is I feel like, an opportunity for Missouri State to have coaches in the building and maybe can persuade some of these guys to come east to the state of Missouri. For sure. And, for, I mean, for the players, all the players in this whole tournament, but um, especially maybe a, a program like Rainier Beach where these guys are clearly talented but haven't hit that next level of their recruiting yet, um, this has got to be one of the biggest opportunities of their lives, potentially. Like, you know, playing in front of uh, an arena that's full of, you know, 10,000 people or more and all these college coaches and, and scouts and stuff. I mean, this is a huge opportunity. And, you know, maybe this time next year, these guys are looking at some really big offers. Yeah, they are led by three juniors. Um, Caden Powers, I mentioned, he's a junior. So it's kind of fun always in, after the tournament to see how their recruiting rankings and stuff are affected by their performance here. Uh, moving on to St. John Bosco High School from Bellflower, California. Uh, they're making their second appearance in uh, the Tournament of Champions, and they have one of the best uh, sophomores in the country, Brandon McCoy, a 6'3 guard, already has offers from UCLA, Arizona, California, and Kansas of all schools. And um, also his uh, backcourt running make, Running mate, um, Elsie Harrington, uh, he is a junior, number 29 player in the country. He's a 6'4 guard. He also has an offer from UCLA. So it would be interesting to see if UCLA can keep those home state kids uh, in state and playing for the Bruins. But uh, I, I think they're going to be a difficult team to deal with. They have three guards who are going to go D1, it'll be interesting to see what their front court presence is. We don't have the full roster in front of us, uh, just some of the key players. But if they've got much going on at the forward spot, or if they've got one solid big man, then I could see them making a little run. Yeah, absolutely. McEachern and Paul Sticks are on the other side of the bracket, so they've, yeah. they've got an opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Then I believe the last team, make sure I didn't skip anybody, last team to talk about is Vashon High School from St. Louis, Missouri. 
They are currently ranked number one in the uh, class four in the state of Missouri. They are making their eighth appearance in the tournament. They won the tournament of champions back in 2002 and 2006. And they're kind of like another one of those teams that it feels like maybe the elite play of some of the, you know, prep academies has surpassed Vashon. But this year, they've got a pretty unique situation. They are back to back to back. That's a three-peat. State champions. So they are very used to winning. And uh, they are led by 6'7 forward Nick Randall, uh, who's the number three player in the state of Missouri, even when you include the kids at Link Academy, who aren't all from Missouri originally. Um, and he has a Mizzou offer, so of course we'll be looking at him closely. Mizzou and Ole Miss are his only D1 offers of right now, or as of right now. He's just a junior. Uh, so we'll be watching him quite a bit. Uh, Trey Williams Jr. is unranked point guard. Who? Uh, sorry, he has the offer from Ole Miss. Uh, as well as Mizzou. So Trey Williams and Nicholas Randall are two juniors that'll be fun to watch for Vashon. And they're, they're, they're used to winning championships. They've won this tournament before. It's been a long time. But they're on the same side of the bracket as Paul Six. Yeah. Yeah, obviously a very prestigious high school program and a storied history in the tournament. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, good to see them in this tournament whenever they are able to make it. And they, they've always been a really fun watch. We watched them with Cam Fletcher play uh, in the tournament not too long ago. Must have been 2020, I guess. Um, Also a name to watch out for if you're a Mizzou fan, Jimmy McKinney Jr. Class of 2027. So he's a freshman, freshman guard. Already has an offer from Mizzou, as you would expect. His dad is a bit of a legend there. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much playing time he gets as a freshman. So that is a rundown of all the teams. Now let's look over at the bracket and make some predictions here. Feels like there's always one upset in the first round that we can't always predict. Again, they're not exactly seeded per se, but they're definitely trying to keep the top two teams away from each other until the championship. Uh, We'll just go in chronological order here. So first matchup, Producer Cameron, did you, did you uh, fill out some predictions? I sure did. Perfect. All right. So first matchup on Thursday, we have Edmund North from Oklahoma against Rainier Beach from Seattle, Washington. I was a little bit down on Rainier Beach in the little preview there. I feel like Edmund North takes this one. I agree with you. I agree as well. Okay. So then that takes us to the 6 o'clock game, Springfield Central versus St. John Bosco. I feel like Central, I feel like this will be a fairly close game. I don't, I feel like Central's got some dudes that can play. Yeah. But I don't think they have enough. I feel like this happens actually pretty often where the local team um, hangs around, at least in the first half, like makes some crazy threes and stuff. And just like, they're just playing the biggest game of their life and they just step up. And obviously usually the, the, the better team takes over in the second half, but I think we could definitely see Central hang around for two or three quarters. But I also did pick uh, St. John Bosco. Yeah. I did as well. 
Okay, then the local team that I feel like will struggle a little bit more in the first round is Glendale. They take on Paul Six. What yep. do you think, Kyle? Yeah, this is going to be a tough game, uh, and I definitely I have Paul Six as well, but I'm going to be excited to watch Amari Widom go against uh, the best team in the country. That's what I'm going to be watching in that game. Yeah, I feel like Paul Six height alone is just going to yeah, it's it's, be difficult. It's going to be very difficult. Paul Six. Then last matchup of Thursday night. This is going to be the best game of the night, I think. We have McEachern versus Vashon. What do you think? McEachern, they've, they've got the number two player in the country, number right. two senior in the country. That's Sometimes you just can't deny that. For sure. Yeah, this is probably more talent than Vashon is used to seeing, especially in Class 4 Missouri, but I legitimately think Vashon could win this game. I think it'll be a tough battle to the end, but I've got McEachern. I have McEachern as well. I'm going to go with Vashon. Ooh. A little bit of an upset. Love it. But I don't think they would view it as an upset. You might be right. So, um, Okay, so now uh, let's travel through the consolation side of the bracket here real quick. Um, we have, I think we all have the same thing right up until the end of it. So uh, first game of Friday would then be Rainier Beach versus Springfield Central. And this is the one where I feel like Central has the opportunity to not end up in that seventh place game. And I like them to beat Rainier Beach. I think Rainier Beach might have a little bit more depth, but I think um, I think Central's going to win. I think they've got enough to do it. I've got Central too. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> kiss, of death. kiss of death for Central right there. <laughs> um, then the other local team playing in the consolation bracket, we have Glendale versus, I have Glendale versus McEachern. You guys have Glendale versus Vashon. Yep. I have McEachern beating Glendale. Yeah, that seems reasonable. I've got Vashon. Yeah, I have Vashon. Uh, let's just go ahead and finish out the consolation side of the bracket. I have McEachern over Central for fifth place. I have Vashon over Central. I have Vashon over Central. Okay. Some bulletin board material for Central there. <laughs> uh, then for the seventh place game, I have Glendale beating Rainier Beach for seventh place shocker so do i oh i have rainier beach okay rainier beach gets a win on at least one of our brackets so then taking it to the uh, championship side of the bracket i have at the friday 7 30 p.m game i have st john bosco defeating edmund north i have edmund north defeating st john bosco Oh, interesting. I have St. John Bosco defeating Edmund North. Uh, then I have Vashon, who basically gave it their all to what I would consider pull the upset against McEachern. I have Vashon not having enough to defeat Paul Six. I feel like, well, what do you think? If, if it's McEachern there, do you think they give him a run for the money in the semis? I have what I think will be the, the game of the tournament between Paul Six and McEachern and, and Paul Six winning. Yeah, me too. That lines up a championship. Well, let's do third place first. I have Vashon defeating Edmund North for third place. I've got McEachern defeating St. John Bosco. I have McEachern over Edmund North. Okay, okay. Then for the championship game... I have Paul the Six defeating St. John Bosco, and I feel like no matter who they meet in the championship game, like you said, probably the game of the tournament is going to happen in that second semifinal game. 
I feel like Paul Six rolls in the championship. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I was going to say. I, yeah. I bet I think Paul Six will defeat Edmund North by probably twenty points in the yep. final. You got Paul Six? Yeah, over St. John. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like I, I can't. I don't see. I don't see anybody hanging with them. I definitely think you know St. John Bosco or Edmund North could definitely come out and just be better than we're giving them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, that could absolutely happen, and maybe that championship game is looking a little bit better, but. At least from where I'm standing right now, it looks like Paul Six has a pretty easy game if they can get past the semis. Yeah. Um, St. John Bosco, guard heavy. They're going to need to be making threes because they're not going to be able to do anything in the paint against Paul Six, I don't right. think. Never know. When you got to be launching threes sometimes. True. They just start going in. Yeah. And that might be, you know, I, don't, I we haven't seen these teams play, so they might be a really hot three-point shooting team. You're going to have to scheme around, like, not getting into the paint. Yeah. But this is still high school basketball, and in the state of Missouri, we do not have a shot clock, and, you know, it's five fouls to foul out. These We've seen some of the star players in this tournament foul out before. The yep. fans are never happy when that happens. <laughs> it's always fun to see which of the out-of-state teams, like, in the semifinals, it feels like the home or the the Springfield crowd rallies around somebody, especially if there's like one player who's going off. Yeah, it. I'll I'll never forget watching. I, I probably talk about this tournament every time we do the preview episode, but in 2015, watching Bentonville, Arkansas High School, with Malik Monk, going up against the Ball brothers, Lonzo, Leangelo, and Lamelo Ball. I forget what the name of their high school, but um, Chino Hills. Chino Hills. That was like not even that important of a game in the scheme of the tournament. But like Malik Monk's team completely outmatched as a whole for the yes. most part. So yeah. he just did everything he could. He put the team on his back. Yeah. I, I, he's, I think he scored like 60 points or something insane. Yeah. I'd have to look it up in the record book. I, I don't think it was 60, but it was at least 40. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it he, was went, he went crazy. Uh, Chino Hills was doing this thing. If you've ever watched, go back and watch old high school like highlight tapes of Chino Hills. They would just cherry pick and like yeah. launch the ball, launch the ball down the court to Leangelo Ball for open threes. Yeah, and like not even get back on defense. Yeah, just, just a like very bizarre style. game to yeah. watch. But the crowd was very into it. I feel like uh, if Vashon, I think Vashon's going to be a crowd favorite because. The Springfield crowd is always looking for something to latch onto yeah. to root against some of the powerhouse teams, I feel like. Right. Yeah, definitely the the home crowd doesn't typically have a dog in the fight, so they're just looking for, you know, a high scoring game or a close game or whatever. But yeah, they'll they'll definitely get into it if if something interesting is going on or a per, a interesting personal performance. Now, it will be interesting to see on Saturday night the Kansas City Chiefs play a wild card <laughs> playoff game. Hopefully that doesn't impact the crowd too much. And they're calling for nasty weather here in Springfield. So a little bit of bad timing there. But yeah. We'll see how it goes. I think I saw last year they had a cumulative attendance of 23,000. So, and I believe that as a as someone who goes to all three nights, it's packed out almost every night. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's looking like Paul the Six probably going to take it away. It, it would take a pretty monumental effort from McEachern or Vashon to keep them out of the championship game, I would say. But I think either team will put up a fight. 
in that semifinal. Um, but other than that, we're looking forward to another great tournament. And we will see everyone after the tournament for a recap episode. See you next week.